the gut punch of hearing those three dreadful words, you have cancer. It's like the floor just dropped out from underneath you and you're in a free fall. Fear, anger, grief, a tidal wave of emotions crashing over you. But it doesn't have to be this way. Hi, I'm Dr. Katie Deming. As an integrative oncologist and former radiation oncologist who has cared for thousands of patients over her career, let me guide you safely through the fog. Join my Six Pillars of Healing Cancer workshop series. Starting May 2nd, I'll unleash the proven holistic roadmap to clarity and deep inner calm. I'll impart the fundamental nutritional, emotional, physical, and spiritual keys to unlocking your own body's healing potential. No more grasping for answers just out of reach. No more of the unknown weighing you down. Registration is open now. Check the link in this episode's description to anchor yourself to this life-changing series. You've got this. listening to the Born to Heal podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Katie Deming. After two decades of practicing as an oncologist and caring for thousands of patients, I've seen firsthand how our healthcare system places obstacles in your path to true healing. My guests and I will bridge the worlds of Western medicine and alternative healing to help you achieve optimal health. Expect to uncover new insights, share a few laughs, and maybe even shed some tears along the way. But most of all, we'll learn how to heal from within together. So let's dive into today's episode. Welcome. Today's episode is part two of a two-part interview. And the beginning of this conversation started in last week's episode that talked about my shared death experience. We start today's episode with the question that was asked by Sonia at the end of last week's episode. And so today we'll discuss what actions I took after my shared death experience and what my life looks like now. I've had a knowing when I meant to leave or that things aren't right. And sometimes it takes all, all this time. Sometimes we can look back at something retrospectively and say, oh, I knew that wasn't right but it took me a long time to leave. I'm wondering, how did you take that knowing, that experience, and then put it into action? That is a great question. And I have to say that it was a really iterative process for me. But basically, what happened was, is that I started to look at ways that I could feel aligned. So I would do things and I would kind of experiment and be like, okay, is this feel more natural for me or, or this? And so I started experimenting and kind of trying on some different ways of being. And ultimately what happened was it took me about a year, but I finally realized I have to be true to myself. I have to say this is not aligned and I have to leave. But the hard part was knowing that I wasn't going to have the support to do that. I would edit out. It's hard for me, but I think it's important for people to know that when you make big changes like this, it is freaking hard. I basically just got to the point where I knew that if I stayed, I wasn't being true to myself and that I was going to be held responsible for the choices that I made. And so in December of 2021, I had that conversation with my husband and I basically said, you know, 
I have to leave. This is not aligned with who I am. I know it doesn't make sense. I know from a financial perspective, it looks stupid, but I also know that it's true. And so ultimately, I had that conversation and my husband was worried you know, financially because I was a primary breadwinner for our family. But then the other thing is, is that as you can imagine, with all of this happening, this was like a big spiritual awakening for me. So I started prioritizing my spiritual growth and like less material things. I was more focused on my inner growth and all of that was just uncomfortable. It was so much change for my husband. And then this uncertainty about where I was heading in my career that ultimately he wasn't along for the ride. And so that decision was made in December. And then, I mean, the one thing that I will say is I had the most supportive chief of my department. So when I told my chief that I was leaving and I was like, I just, I can't practice radiation oncology anymore. It's not aligned. And she was like, oh my God, we're going to keep you. So what do you want to do? And so I was like, well, I want to do more of an integrative approach, more of a holistic approach. And she was like, amazing because on a, to be honest, if most doctors say they don't want to practice their specialty, their boss would be like, okay, well, see you later. Cause what am I going to do with you if you don't want to practice, you know, your specialty? And so we spent three months creating a business plan to see if I could create a more of a holistic approach within the organization. And for all the reasons that I cite before that, you know, I just think the system is not designed to really do this kind of work in the way that it, it needs to be done. And so ultimately, we came to an impasse where the administration wasn't willing to fund it. They were like, does this work really need to be done by a doctor? And I was just like, okay, oh, they don't get it. Yes, it does need to be by a doctor, someone who has a vision. Yes, all of this is necessary for, for it to be done in the right way. So anyway, ultimately, that's when I put in my resignation was in March. At that same time, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. It was like a really challenging time for me. But and then my last day in the clinic was July 27th. And um, it was hard because it still didn't make sense. Right. And the other thing is, is that nobody knew kind of what I was going through. Right. So yeah. my colleagues and all of these people are probably like, what is going on? She's just leaving. And they had no idea that I was going through a divorce and that all of this stuff was coming up from my decisions. And so every day, was like a struggle. I'd have, I'd cry on my way to work. I'd cry on my way home. And I was just like, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do. I didn't know where it was going. I had a vision, but I couldn't sense how it was going to all come together. And so it was like really hard. It was like basically the six months from January through July of working was like really hard because I couldn't put it together in my head. And I'm in a field where people you know, in medicine, you just decide I'm going to be a doctor. And then, yeah, it's hard, but you just march through this whole process. And here I was, okay, I'm stepping off of all of that. And then when people would ask me, I'm like, I don't know what it looks like. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trusting that it's going to come together. So that process of leaving and like walking through my divorce and, and all of that was like excruciating. I think it's such an incredible modeling that you offer. And I remember witnessing you through this whole process and feeling that because of everything you're saying, which is this is a multi-year process. Sometimes you know something to be true and it takes years to pivot, to make a change, to leave something. And it's hard and it's painful. And yet also there's no other option. 
like it becomes so imperative. But I think we sometimes think of like those imperative choices, those no other option choices as fast. And I've shared with you recently, like that I heard was actually Channing Nicholas saying, you know, we can't turn a corner at full speed. And I think also as like an accomplished person like yourself, someone who's always followed the, you know, there's a, there's a trajectory to becoming a doctor. Yeah. It only happened when you were 32, but there were many, many steps that you followed exactly on time along the way to becoming that, to tell someone who's accomplished, to be someone who's accomplished that things can take an ambiguous amount of time and you may not know how you're going to do any of it. And you don't know how long it's going to take. It's just such an incredible thing to witness. I can just share like in 2020, I also stepped away from my business in the towards the latter end. And I had no idea what was next. And I had no idea what I was going to do. And just that, the the pain of that, but the also knowingness of it being right. I just think that specificity that it takes time is so valuable to hear. Yeah. I think that's such an important point because a lot of people who listen to me are going through their own transformation. And frankly, cancer creates opportunity for transformation and to understand that these things don't happen overnight and that sometimes the only thing you know is what's not right. And But you have to let go of what's not right in order to create space for the thing that is right for you, right? But that takes tremendous courage and trust. And um, it's not an easy process, you know? Yeah. And the how isn't usually available. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea how this was all going to happen. You know, the other interesting part is that I thought that I was going to finish at the end of July. I take August off, maybe September. And then by October, I'd be like going. I didn't know what I was going to be going towards. I knew it was going to be some kind of holistic practice, but I didn't know what exactly it looked like. And then October rolled around and then November. And it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready. Like I have so much grieving to do with how much loss I went through because you know, obviously lost my husband, went through divorce, sold my house, moved. My mom was in the middle of having cancer. And by this point, you know, it was clear that it was not going well and that maybe she was going to die of her cancer. And so I just basically was like, I'm not ready. I'm not ready to do anything. I need to do my own healing. And especially if I'm going to teach people how to heal I need to be healed and whole myself before I start that work. And so it was a long process. And I'm so glad that I took that time because things really started to clarify when I got quiet, when I went offline, and when I started tuning to, okay, what is true for me? And then also, it's not an accident that I became an oncologist, that I was a healthcare leader, that I'm an inventor, and that I design products and that I design, you know, programs. And then now I'm having this change because I'm well suited to create a solution that comes from the inside. But it's so that I have a, a deep understanding of of the inside of healthcare. And then so that when I create a solution, I'm not alienating that. I'm not saying, okay, there's no role for that. Absolutely, there's a role for traditional Western oncology. But I can see, how do you bridge that gap? How do you help 
the traditional practices do better by the patients? And then how do we fill this hole around, number one, helping people not fall in the river in the first place? So how do we teach people where well-being and health really comes from and cultivate that so that they don't develop cancer and teach those people who've had cancer what may have contributed to their cancer so that they don't get it again, you know, and it doesn't come back. But that's like a real different space than I had been in for my whole career because my whole career had been really about masculine energy and doing and doing and doing it. And I, I could make anything happen. I'm like not proud to say it and also proud to say it at the same time. Like I am a doer. And if I set my goal on something, I'm telling you it's going to happen. Like I just know how to make things happen. But the difference is that before I was forcing things, like if something didn't want to happen, I was like, like hell and high water, I'm going to make it happen. Like, for example, creating a volunteer cancer program. Who does that, right? Get all my friends to volunteer and we're going to create a cancer program because the organization doesn't want to do it. It's like, that's the kind of stuff that I would do before is there's just like, I'm going to make it happen. You know, and now I really operate from a place of much more fluid following the doors that are opening. So when a door is shut, I now take that as, no, that's not the, you know, opportunity to knock down that door and, and make it happen anyway. It's to be like, oh, okay, well, maybe that's not meant to happen right now. And then moving into what is opening for me. And so that's like much more of a feminine energy. And I've been in that space for the past year of really opening myself to incubate and create something new, but that has to come from a place of quiet, you know? So I spent this whole past year being really quiet, doing the work that I needed to do to heal myself, but then really settling into the answers are within me about, you know, what it is that I want to create. And also using all my expertise and my background to study the literature and understand, okay, from this new knowing that I have of what is true and what is not true, what is the evidence to support that? And what's so interesting is there is so much literature talking about the other things that impact our physical health that have nothing to do with our DNA or genetic mutations or, you know, how much exercise you do or what you eat. It's emotions, like our emotions are tied to our physical health. And there is a lot of data that shows trauma and cancer are linked. And then people who do emotional work can have their cancer go into remission. That's a big piece of data that we don't talk about. And these are not little studies. These are big studies showing there is a correlation. And it's not just cancer, it's other illness as well. So illness is related to our emotions it's also related to the thoughts, you know, so epigenetics is the field of the expression of genes. So you can have a genetic mutation, but you may not express that gene unless the environment is suitable for expression of that gene. And so our environment of our body is like, what are you eating? What is the stress that you're exposing your body to? What are the thoughts that you're holding? And so as I dove into this, I saw these other components. And so basically what I want to do now is to really help people have a more holistic approach 
of their own healing journey with cancer or with other illness. Honestly, the stuff that I'm doing is the same for someone with cancer or someone with another illness, because what we're trying to do is not combat the illness, which is what Western medicine does, you know, of giving the specific treatment for a specific condition, but that's really treating the symptoms. What I want to do is do the deeper work that helps create well-being in the body. And that really has nothing to do with this specific condition. It can be similar things cause different illnesses in different people. And so understanding how to help someone evaluate their life and really look at, okay, what is contributing to my well-being or health and what is taking away from it? And then the other piece is because I really see myself as a bridge is helping people who are getting conventional treatment and using this knowledge of the importance of emotions and our mind in healing to help them get better results with whatever they're doing. And that can be as simple as someone's trying to make a decision about treatment and that's overwhelming. They're like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I'm, and then there's so much information and you are so overwhelmed when you have a new diagnosis that people are not able to make decisions from a place of calm and rational decision-making. A lot of it comes from being emotionally, you know, freaked out and making decisions out of fear. And so that's another piece is like helping people calm their nervous system, understand what's important with making treatment decisions so that they can make decisions from an empowered place, that they're choosing this treatment. And then once they're in the treatment or preparing for the treatment, how do we calm your nervous system so your body is in a place that it can heal and it can repair the DNA damage from the treatment that you're having? And how do you use your mind to direct yourself toward the result that you want? And so for me, this is like entering into a new space where, number one, I want to bridge the worlds of conventional medicine and mind-body medicine and, and really normalizing this. This is something that Western doctors should also be talking to their patients about, but I know they don't have the time, right? But so helping bridge this gap and then also helping patients understand that your cancer is a symptom. It's a wake-up call that something is not right. And it may not only be in your physical body. It may be tied to emotional healing that needs to happen. It may be related to the beliefs that you're holding. It may be related to something deeper on a spiritual level that needs to be healed. And then, yes, there's a physical stuff, but the physical stuff is pretty basic. Honestly, it comes down to de decreasing inflammation in the body and improving immunity. And the stuff that I do on the physical level is much more simple than the stuff in these other areas. But this is kind of the approach of looking at, okay, what is it that made me sick in the first place? And helping people make those changes to heal and finally get well. Okay. So you went through this whole transitional phase. You took over a year to basically leave a job, leave a marriage, sell a house, grieve your mother's transition start to dream of what your practice could look like outside of Western medicine, outside of what you were doing, but still with the same mission. So what does that look like now? What have you been building? Yeah. So my practice now is a holistic, integrative oncology practice. And really, 
it is focused on the four areas of healing, physical healing, emotional healing, mental healing, and spiritual healing. And what's interesting is, is that it's different with each patient because each patient has a different need at a different point. And so the work that I do with one patient may be very different than the work that I do with another patient. But the idea is to really have a more holistic approach to health. Specifically, there are two kind of areas that I focus on. If someone is going through or getting ready to have active treatment, so say someone's just diagnosed or they're having treatment already, in that setting, most of the work that I start with is what I'm calling treatment performance. And this is helping people get their body in a state of rest, digest, parasympathetic, so that they're able to heal and repair the damage that's occurring in their body from the treatment, right? So we want to kill the cancer cells, but we also want to have the body healed, right? So that then it can go on to be well. And so doing the treatment performance work is really helping people in a couple of ways. Number one, I do help them decrease inflammation in their body during this process so that their body can process the treatments as easily as possible. But then the other thing is calming their nervous system so that they're calm, empowered. They can make treatments from a place of power. They can also receive their treatments from a place of power. Because one of the things that drives me crazy about oncology is that we make people feel like victims because we tell them, this is what we you have. We don't know why you got it. And this is what you have to do. And I can't think of something that's less empowering because then the patient's like, I don't know what happened. I don't. And now I just have to do what they say. And when you're in a state like that, your power, you're leaking power all over the place. And one of the things that I teach patients is how to pull back their power and how to get in a place of centeredness so that whatever treatment that they have can be more effective. So it's the physical decreasing inflammation in the body, increasing their immunity with the emotions. It's basically calming their nervous system and also helping them cultivate more peace, joy, and love since that's where healing occurs and then dealing with emotional trauma if there's some of that underlying that may be impacting their response to treatment. And then mentally, it's using their mind to direct the results that they want. And a lot of this work for me comes from, I was a semi-professional athlete before I went to medical school and I trained at the Olympic Training Center. I was a triathlete at the time. And we had sports psychologists that taught us how to use our mind in our performance. And so I've taken a lot of that and then also a lot of the coaching work that I've done to use that to apply to the patient who is is getting treatment and to use those same concepts to getting better performance with medical treatment. And then spiritually, you know, usually the spiritual stuff we don't focus on when they're in active treatment. But then when someone's done with active treatment, then we do that deeper healing work that needs to be done. And that can be spiritual work. It can also be emotional trauma work. And then also mental, like what are the beliefs that patient is holding? Because if you look at Bruce Lipton's work, so Bruce Lipton is a PhD cell biologist, 
And really in his book, The Biology of Belief, it talks about epigenetics and how the thoughts that we think affect the health of our cells and also the expression of our genes. And so it's really these two phases that I work with patients in. The one is the treatment performance, and then the second one is the deeper healing. And that second piece is really the where the deep work begins. And I think the real big opportunity for cancer is an opportunity because it's a wake-up call. Something's not right when your body is growing cancer. And the only way to really understand that and do that healing is to start to, to poke around and to dig and see, okay, what, what is not aligned? What is causing me stress? What are my beliefs about my body? And also what past trauma may be affecting me emotionally that is putting me in a place where I'm developing illness in my body. And how has it been feeling to begin working with patients again? Yeah. Well, it's incredible. I'm, I've always known that being with a patient is a privilege and a gift. Like the, what I loved about radiation oncology was not designing radiation fields or doing treatment designs. I literally hated that, but it was being in the room with the patients and talking about the things that matter to them and really having that deep intimacy. And so what's so beautiful now is that my practice is all of that that I love, the intimacy, the connection, the like really listening to people and hearing what's going on and sharing with them all. I'm realizing in this practice that my experience of all the different things that I've done sets me up to help people in a way that is different, I think, than just like an alternative practitioner who just came up in that space. Because I have this deep understanding and knowing of what it's like to get the care. I know what the levers are. Like I know what drives the internal function of the healthcare system. So yesterday I was talking with a patient who is having chemo and she was having her first uh, chemo cycle. And because I know how all of this is happening and, and, you know, the oncologist said some things and I knew exactly what was behind it. I could help ease my client's uncertainty and angst and everything because she has someone on her team who understands what is going on and can help her make decisions that are aligned with her, but also are in the context of understanding what's happening within her, you know, situation with her doctor and the clinic and all that stuff. And I'm just seeing that there's a lot of power there and it's so rewarding for me. I love working with clients and helping them understand what's going on, reducing their fear, because a lot of it is the unknown. But then when you start explaining things, so reducing the fear and then helping them navigate in a way that they're feeling more empowered with each step of the journey. That's my goal. And I think a lot of times with cancer, people feel less and less empowered as they go along because we're stripping that from them with the way medicine is delivered. And the other thing is, is that this is something that my mentor had talked to me is he said, you know, a lot of doctors don't understand the impact that they're having on patients because they're trained to cover their bases from a legal standpoint. But 
when you do informed consent, so informed consent is like, say I recommended radiation. And then if I recommended radiation to a patient, then I have to go through all of the potential side effects or complications that could occur for that patient. Well, if you don't do that in a way that is compassionate and understanding, it can feel like for the patient that they've just been like thrown a bucket of ice water over their head. And that impacts their healing. So mm-hmm. some of what I realize is my gift is my bedside manner of how I can explain things and how I can bring peace to people without changing any external factors. Like nothing has changed about their cancer from the time I get on a call with them to the time I get off. What's different is that they have someone by their side who is knowledgeable and credible and who can help them understand what are the true risks, what are not, what are the things you shouldn't worry about, and how do we feel the most centered throughout this process. And I'm just realizing that it's it's a privilege and it's a gift, and I'm so happy that I made all the decisions that I did. But to say that it was easy or to say that like I do it again tomorrow, I'm like, it take me a minute to do it again <laughs> because it was, it's been a process. It sure has. It's quite remarkable. And I don't want to make any false comparisons, but it reminds me a little bit of the work of doulas too, to like navigate all of the information and be sort of your armor and your support system as you're trying to move through something really significant and whether, you know, again, not comparing the two at all, but just saying, wouldn't it be, there's almost no thing in life where that wouldn't be a wonderful thing to have with you. Exactly what you're describing, someone who can keep you present and centered and help you find what it is you want at each step of the way and filter out the noise and have the informed guidance, like have be in a position of informed guidance, all of those things that we rarely have access to in a traditional health system. Hey, Conscious Healers, Dr. Katie Deming here. I've created an intimate space where we dive deeper into complex healing topics, where you can get personalized product recommendations and more resources to fuel your conscious healing journey. I'm excited to announce that I've launched the Born to Heal Substack newsletter. You'll receive exclusive information that goes beyond the one hour a week we have here together. Behind the scenes interviews, delicious healing recipes, and on occasion, episodes get a bit too, you know, sciencey. So I'll create a handy FAQ for those episodes. Subscribe for free today at katiedemingmd.substack.com or find the link in the episode description and get ready for a weekly infusion of holistic health wisdom. Well, and I think you're likening it to a doula is correct because you're helping people navigate. You know, I'm, I'm helping people navigate cancer or illness. And actually the interesting thing that I didn't expect is that I have some patients who don't have cancer, who just want to optimize their wellness. And we're working on decreasing inflammation in the body and losing weight and getting themselves into a state of well-being, which is awesome. I'm upriver now. So I'm operating in two places, which is exciting. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It is like a navigation and, and very similar to the work that a doula would do. I think that the one piece that for me is like, I didn't recognize the value of all my experience in helping someone navigate. So it's it's like, 
having a doctor, an oncologist who's like in your pocket, right? Yeah. Like my, my clients now text me while they're having chemo and I can talk them through stuff. That's like really, really so rewarding for me because it's the kind of support that I wanted to do before, but I couldn't because it was just so busy and so many patients and, and so many constraints that now I get to practice in a way that feels supportive for my clients, but also feels really good for me. Like this is the work that I was meant to be doing. Yeah. And I have never even heard of any of that as a possibility. It really is something new that's emerging, this work that you're doing. It's so, yeah, it's innovative. Thank you. Okay. I'm a big fan of the podcast. I was truly honored that you would ask me to have this conversation with you. I always learn from you. Even if I know your story, every time I hear you talk about it, I learn something new. I find some piece of guidance. So I really value your podcast and I'm so excited that you're starting it back up. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you plan to do? Well, and thank you so much for coming on and doing this interview. I knew that it would be easier for me to talk in an interview form than just to come on and to share my story. So I'm very grateful for your friendship and then also for your generosity to be on this episode with me. And actually, I want to bring you back so that we can talk about the kitchen audit and like, you know, that kind of stuff, because I think really our viewers or my listeners could benefit so much from your expertise and knowledge. But moving forward with the podcast, this is going to be similar in terms of the short format. So I find that 15 to 30 minutes is kind of ideal for people who are dealing with cancer because it gives them quick nuggets that without too much information at one time and, and too much time commitment. So it's going to be short format. I'm going to continue to share tips like I did before, quick wins on how to navigate this process in the smoothest way possible, you know, continuing to share the ways that I think that I can serve patients with cancer. But there are two other pieces that I want to incorporate into this podcast moving forward. And one is some of my own story. So as we heard today, I'm on my own healing journey. We are all here to heal, you know, and actually I think this is one of the things that I have really gained from my shared death experience is that I have a different perspective on life and why we're here because of that experience. And that's like a whole, like one episode I need to dedicate specifically to just that. But I want to be sharing the things that I've been through over the past couple of years, because through sharing what I've experienced and also how I've navigated it, I think there's learning for people to that they can apply to their own life. Because here's an example of someone who's made some of these radical changes, but it's required a lot of management on my part. And so I want to be sharing more of my story and what I've gone through on the podcast moving forward. And then the third piece is that there are some really exciting things that are happening in quantum physics right now in the field of physics and looking at zero point energy and the creation of, you know, how things can't come to be and, and also manifestation. And I want to be sharing some of that information in a way that is very simple. So it's not an accident that I'm a radiation oncologist and that I have a background in advanced physics because 
and that I had to explain radiation physics to patients every day. So I'm good at explaining complex physics concept in a very simple way. And now that I've been spending so much time studying physics, I want to be able to share those things to people because what it does is it starts to give scientific background to explain the things that have been described from a spiritual perspective since the beginning of time. So if you look at the ancient teachings, all of these things are now being explained through physics. And so I want to be able to bring that to people in a way that is simple. So that is the third part. And then I guess I really add four things that I'm going to be doing. Mm-hmm. So that the fourth is that I'm probably going to do some interviews because I want to be bring people like you to my listeners. I want my listeners to hear from experts who have information that is easy to assimilate, to make positive changes in their life, and to empower them to live a healthier lifestyle and bring more well-being into their body. I'm really excited to hear that. I can't wait for all the new episodes. Truly, I really enjoy listening to them because I think whether or not you're healing from a physical illness, like you said, we are all healing. And so there's so much there to learn from, regardless of what you're personally going through or what stage you're at. So yeah, I can't wait. Absolutely. And that's the other thing is, is that I realize a lot of my listeners don't have cancer. And so (laughs) all of this content is really designed to help anyone because healing, like you said, is not just from physical illness. And in fact, physical illness is just a symptom of other things that need to be healed. And all of us are here for a reason. We're here to heal the separation between our true selves and the you know, facade that we've created based on society's expectations. I really want that to be valuable for anyone who could just pick this up and be like, yeah, I don't have cancer, but this is absolutely a relevant topic that I can apply to an area in my life. So I want to thank you for being on here and for just being such a generous soul and supporting my whole process and all of this, and then giving my audience kind of this nice way to hear my story in in a very conversational way. And I look forward to having you back in the very near future to talk about food. Thank you. And with all my heart, I am just so grateful that they paired us that day as accountability partners and that you're someone I get to be in conversation with. It's truly my great pleasure to hear you, to talk to you, to share all of this with you. So thank you. Thank you, Sonia. Thank you for joining me on Born to Heal. It's been a privilege to share this time with you. And I hope that today's episode has offered you valuable insights on your journey toward optimal health. Please consider subscribing, sharing this podcast with your friends, and leaving us a review. To learn more about how you can work with me, please visit katiedeming.com. You can find additional resources in the episode show notes linked below. And remember to join us next week as we continue to explore more holistic approaches to healing. Until then, this is Dr. Katie Deming reminding you that just like me, you were born to heal.